four people watching the show. Five people. Six people. Six people watching four people. Six people watching five people. Welcome to comedy. All right, ready. (laughs) (laughs) Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called... Oh my God, Stab, make noise! I forgot to tell you to make noise! Welcome to Stab. It's a show we do every Friday night here at uh, 1710 Broadway, Sacramento, California. Uh, you ready to meet your contestants? Should we start that? Court Hansen, right there. Clap for him. Josh Kincaid. Christy Farley. Christy Farley. Jesse Jones. Yeah. And I'm your host, John Morris Ross IV. Yeah, nothing. Let's play Stab. Wow. What a transition. Should, I, should we ask questions to everyone first? How everyone's doing? However you'd like. Court, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm glad. Josh, it's been a while. Yep. <laughs> Christy. Hello. Are you a witch? Because I smoked something you gave me. <laughs> and okay, first of all, I categorically deny ever using marijuana on the record. Okay, all right, sorry. We don't <laughs> want you in trouble with your grandma who listens to the show. <laughs> okay. Jesse. The one thing John asked is, should I try not to make reference to it during the show? We're 30 seconds into the show. What are you talking first about? Reference. Huh? What? No. You haven't said anything. All right. And we're on segment five. No, that's not true. <laughs> Let's play Stab. Uh, this first segment's called Reorganization. Uh, <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> please take the... This, this segment's called Reorganization. Uh, please take the following acronym and reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, being that we're all uh, about a week deep into spring, uh, today's acronym is ALLERGIES. A-L-L-E-R-G-I-E-S. An acronym that long. Court. Yes. <laughs> what does allergies mean to you? Okay, so you're going to have to imagine that this is like a Facebook message that came out of nowhere. Um, That's important for this. Many have asked, and I know some of you are curious, but don't want to ask, and that's okay. I'm putting it out there for you. Check. I don't ship. FedEx does that for me. Check. I don't stock inventory. It's all in a warehouse. Check. I don't handle money. All transactions are conducted online. Check. I don't need to be an expert. Two world-renowned allergists helped me recommend the right products with the sinus tool solution. (laughs) Check. I get to help people feel more confident during the allergy season. Check. I get to use clinically proven products at an amazing price. I get to work 
when and how I want. And my business kit was a tax write-off, as is coffee dates, car mileage, products I buy, etc. If you're looking for a change, could benefit from more time in your day to do the things you want, the ability to make money, or just a rewarding opportunity to call your own, send me a message. Just like our products... Oh, there's a happy face there. <laughs> just like our products, the business kits also come with a 60-day empty bottle money-back guarantee. Interested in selling Nasapin yourself and becoming more independent? Attend our open house this weekend where you can get a crash course in sales, sales that will make you very wealthy. Using our allergies method as a sales model, you can work from home and still have time to spend with your family. And of course, allergies stands for adapt. Understand what your client needs. If they don't know what they need, decide for them. Learn. Learn how to access the personal data of per prospective clients. Learn. Learn how to disable home security systems so you can sneak into a client's house at night to leave subliminal advertisements for nasal spray on their fridge with magnets. Explain. Explain to your client why their friends and family do not understand them while you, and in parentheses, our little family, are here for them. R, replace common words with catchy self-empowering code words. Repeat these phrases as often as possible so as to distance your client from outside world language. <laughs> G, grouping. Group activities at weekly or daily get-togethers in, in order to form strong bonds with your brothers and sisters at the Nasapin Corporation. Bring your cousins. I, indoctrinate. This one is pretty straightforward. E, Erase. Erase the evidence of their past life. Cut family members out of your client's photos, or better yet, burn the photos in a pile with the other members of the community. <laughs> S. Sell. Now's your time to shine. Get out there and start your new life as a member of the Nazapin family. Hail Lord Nazapin. <laughs> Very good. Court Hansen. That was great. Josh. What does allergies mean to you? Hey, teens, what's up? <laughs> it's me, Gary Interplanetary, and I came all the way from space to your all-boys high school assembly to rap at you a little bit <laughs> about the environment. And while I know your favorite rappers like the 21 Savages and the Travis Scotts rap about some pretty dangerous stuff like controlled substances and being sad, I, do, I like to do things a little different. I'm here to rap about something crazier than codeine and scarier than those mean streets. I'm talking about the earth. Cause the earth is in peril, all you boys. You know that I'm not making noise. If the polar ice caps keep melting fast, the human race ain't gonna last. Word to your mother, earth. M mother earth. Now I, I, I know what you're thinking. Why should I listen to this guy? Well. I like to think I know what I'm talking about. You see, I came from the planet Zybar. Never heard of it? Well, that's because we destroyed it with pollution. And it went a little something like this. Well, the planet Zybar was a beautiful place, but we kept polluting at a rapid pace. And now we have nowhere to dwell because our planet is hot as heck. Word to your mother, Earth. Mother Earth. That's right. If you keep polluting, your planet is going to end up a lot like mine. 
and you'll have no place to live too. Uncool. <laughs> Still not convinced? Well, I've got one more rap for you that might speak to your interests a little more. Guess what, boys? Your planet's screwed. But if you want to be a cool dude, just come up with a Planet Earth rap. It'll make the girls want to sit in your lap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Girls can't get enough of these rap songs about the Earth. Trust me, I would know. Gary Interplanetary does pretty well with the all-girls assemblies as well, if you catch my drift. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Oh, okay, it looks like your uh, principal is saying I've got to cut it a bit short, but uh, uh, if you take anything away from this rap concert I just put on, uh, remember the simple acronym, A to the L to the L-E-R, G to the I-E-S, which of course stands for All Ladies Love Environmental Rapper Gary Interplanetary's Earth Songs, and that's word of your mother, Earth. Mother Earth. Very good. We need to animate that. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Christy Farley, uh, what do allergies mean to you? Uh, to me, it means anal leakage leaves entire region gargling in elephant shit. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate the recent re-release of the motion picture Dumbo. <laughs> The story of a miraculous elephant endowed with the power of flight. Several aircrafts lifted a fleet of 100 elephants through the sky, flying them over the countryside of California, inspiring the young children of the region. Unfortunately, in anticipation for the flight, each elephant was fed three pounds of peanuts that were later found to be tainted with... <laughs> Cholera, salmonella, barrel fever, French pox, and the consumption, <laughs> which resulted in excessive sweating, uncontrollable spasms, and of course, a continuous projectile stream of diarrhea. <laughs> which created a flood of elephant feces and bodily fluids that ravaged the small town of Pleasant Heights. Men, women, and children ran for their lives as a tidal wave of elephant waste chased them down and killed them gruesomely. Some were able to reach the safety of rafts available in every American city in preparation for such an event while others were swept away to their most gross and unimaginable demise. Oh, the humanity, screamed the, <laughs> screamed the many, watching their countrymen drown in elephant dung. Among the survivors, a group has arisen that are dedicated to preventing this terrible tragedy from happening again by forming a new charity organization entitled Pepto-Bismol for Elephants. We are vowing to defend the world from the scourge of elephant diarrhea by forming a solid pink plug in the colon of every elephant, lest we choose to once again fly them to any destination in the continental United States. The bravery... <laughs> <laughs> the bravery of the victims and survivors shan't be forgotten. And to them we say, Godspeed. Very good. 
I'm excited. <laughs> Jesse Jones, what yeah. does allergies mean to you? This isn't going to mean a lot to many people. <laughs> it could be argued easily. It's not going to mean a lot to most people, and I wouldn't argue that equally accurate statement. But it means something to me, damn it. Something that's lived in my heart, burning hot and true for the last 25 years. Just thinking about it makes me makes my eyes water and my throat tighten. After Lisa Loeb, every rock girl is excrement. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and I do specifically use the word excrement for a multitude of reasons. Firstly, because I believe Lisa Loeb is a woman of understated yet playful refinement with a quiver full of evocative and poignant words. And who would not approve of the use of any word harsher like crap or shit. And at the same time, I would not employ such childish terms as poopy or caca, because first and foremost, Lisa Loeb is all woman. <laughs> Mousy, bespectacled woman. <laughs> and see, even there, just in her cranial adornments, you can see the wry wink and smile of a complex mi mixture of self-assuredness and insecurity that defines Lisa Loeb. Her physical nature, which shines from across the room, a gentle, mousy woman, Wearing in all Morissette-defying irony a pair of thick cat's-eye frames. Oh, Lisa. <laughs> Even your very face is a whimsical yet heartbreaking play on words. <laughs> could I name even two Lisa Loeb songs? I don't expect I could. <laughs> <laughs> and I hesitate to even look any up for the fear that I might... Find my memories instead littered with Fiona Apples or Jules or Paula Coles's or Sean Colvin's, even a Natalie Imbruglia, Tracy Bonham, Jan Arden. But the songs aren't important. It's the idea of Lisa Loeb, which I've held to, and any information that might in any way damage my belief in who and what Lisa Loeb is, I am not interested in in the slightest. Which is funny, because you say, I only hear what I want to. And you're goddamn right. After Lisa Loeb, every rock girl is excrement. Seriously. <laughs> that was reorganization. I had a wonderful time during that. <laughs> that brings us to our next segment. <laughs> Topical Haiku Challenge. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> I hope you guys have uh, composed three haiku in regard to the following uh, headline. Uh... <laughs> Saanich police find kids playing darts with used syringes. Shall I say it again? Everyone got it? Alright, your first of three haiku. I'm so sorry. Stop staring at me. Court, you're first. Yeah, you have to introduce me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Canadian boys. They will find new toys today and hepatitis. <laughs> Very good. Josh, your turn. 
Okay, this is from the perspective of the, the children's parents. Well, that's the last time we will ever tell our kids to go play outside. <laughs> Christy. I hit the bullseye and my ball's eye. Now I have hepatitis C. Very good. Yeah. Went with a different Jesse. disease in my first one. Um, <laughs> this one's titled Making Lemonade. <laughs> Come on now. These kids were just trying to make their diabetes fun. <laughs> Very good. Court Hansen, your second of three haiku. Mother forbids darts, so we will make our own darts behind the clinic. (laughs) Very good. Josh. This is uh, from the body of the article. (laughs) Cavity search found several coke-filled cornhole bags shoved (laughs) up their rectums. That deserved more. (laughs) Christy. This is the highest stakes darts game ever. If you miss, you get AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) Not funny. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. Let's go with a more lighthearted one. Jesse Jones, (laughs) Brighton Our Day. Second is titled A Public Service Announcement. Kids, kids, please don't risk your life on needles. When pills are so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Not funny, also. (laughs) Start judging everything. (laughs) Third to three haiku. Court, this is our final pass for the group. Did you see the news? Cop infected by the plague. Needles Gang is back. (laughs) (laughs) Josh. This, this one doesn't say anything that everyone else has not already said. <laughs> Dart pokes friend in arm. Instead of bullseye, friend gets hepatitis, hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> This is really my fault. Really my fault. <laughs> Twelve haiku about one sentence. Okay. Christy. I got a hole in one. Wait, that's golf. I'm a little woozy from the heroin. <laughs> Sort of tying a bow on the whole damn thing. (laughs) The last one is titled Party Games. First, pin the needle on the junkie. (laughs) Then we play Bobbing for Herpes. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. That was the Topical Haiku Challenge. (laughs) That brings us to our third segment. Sorry, did I I turn it off too early? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> the segment's called This Was Today Once. <laughs> Court, today is National Puppy Day. Did you know that? Today, today is also World Water Day. How did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Every year I spend National Puppy Day and World Water Day in much the same way in couples counseling. You see, every year on March 22nd, I go to the dog park with several empty bowls, which I fill up with water for sweet pups to enjoy. 
While they're having their fill of water, I can chat up their hot owners. <laughs> see, I'm of the opinion that a holiday is meant to be a special day. And I don't see why lesser-known holidays like Puppy, du Puppy Day and World Water Day shouldn't be included. Just so happens that the way I choose to observe these holidays is also a convenient excuse to be unfaithful to my loving wife <laughs> and creep out a bunch of strangers at the park in the process. <laughs> Some of you might call me manipulative or a horrible psychopath, <laughs> but you must understand that this is my religion. I love dogs, and what's more, I love the people that walk dogs. My wife Jessica was understanding enough to give up Catholicism when she married me, but she draws the line at me hitting on people at the dog park? <laughs> Where's the logic in that? <laughs> anyway, Doc, what I'm trying to say is that she's attacking both my freedom of speech and my freedom of religion by not letting me hit on people at the dog park. I've tried to take this to the courts, but the judge refuses to hear my case because it's stupid and embarrassing. <laughs> Please help me find justice. Very good, Court. Very good. That was his This Was Today once. Josh. All right. On this date, 1630, the Massachusetts Bay Colony outlaws the possession of cards, dice, and gaming tables. Uh, also on this very date, 1872, Illinois becomes the first state to require gender equality in employment. How did you choose to celebrate those things altogether? Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all, to Jim and Joanne's 8th Annual March 22nd Puritanical Games Night. Please RSVP to this Evite ASAP. For those of you first-timers, we're going to play cardless, diceless, and tableless versions of your favorite party games in honor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony outlawing the possession of those items in 1630. As a tradition, we've locked away all of our cards, dice, and game boards uh, of our extensive game collection in a bank vault so that we can now play... Thoughts Against Humanity. <laughs> Texas Hold Nothing Poker. <laughs> sorry, Not Sorry. Freeform Chess. Ch checkerless Checkers. Security, which is the absence of risk, you see. <laughs> Critical Pursuit. Clueless. Cero, instead of Uno. <laughs> Actual apples to apples. Bring your own apples, please. <laughs> satiated, satiated hippos. <laughs> and everyone's personal favorite, Nazi, which, to clarify, is short for not Yahtzee. There, there, was some <laughs> there was some confusion last year, so just so that everyone's clear, we will not be role-playing as the members of the totalitarian, expansionist, Aryan, anti-Semitic German, German political party. Instead, we'll be playing Yahtzee without dice. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> Please RSVP directly to this Evite. Remember, no dice means I can't make it. It, it, it may not be in the cards means maybe. And no table, no problem, Mon, means that you will be attending. I came up with that myself. Pretty clever, huh? As you know, the Puritans also banned dancing and singing, so please do not partake in either of these two activities at the party. Sorry again, Keith. The, the karaoke machine has to stay at your place this year. We will be playing tunes, and they will be catchy as all get out, but please limit your interaction with these tunes to light head bobbing to the tunes and finger tapping or toe tapping to the tunes. Not both, as this is technically considered dancing. 
All other movement to tunes will be strictly prohibited. Humming and mouthing lyrics to the tunes is technically okay, but any audible words will be considered singing, and doing that will lead to us asking you to leave. No exceptions, Keith. (laughs) And finally, as an added bonus, on March 22nd, 1872, Illinois required gender equality in employment. So on your RSVP, you will be required to show that you're bringing a plus one to gain entry, and that plus one is mandated to be someone of the opposite gender. Don't have a plus one? Only comfortable with bringing folks of a similar gender? That's all right. Just please wait in the standby line near the front front door, and you'll be let in once another solo, differently gendered person arrives. (laughs) The forecast calls for rain, so please bring an umbrella or poncho. Confused about the difference between sex and gender? Well, here's a helpful link to educate yourself (laughs) while you wait. www.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash sex underscore and underscore gender underscore distinction. (laughs) Hope this helps clear the air a bit as we don't want another awkward, ill-informed debate, Keith. Hope to see you all there. Oh, uh, also no alcohol. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Christy Farley. Yes. On this date, 1960, Arthur Leonard Shallow and Charles Hard Towns received the first patent for a laser. Uh, also on this very date, 1952, American sportscaster Bob Costas was born. Uh, how did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Very, with much difficulty. With much difficulty. <laughs> Can you edit that out so I don't sound stupid for real? Okay, cool. Thanks. Give me so much Love you. Okay. <laughs> because of All me. Right. Uh, well, John. Edit it right there. <laughs> well, John, my prompt was about two guys that invented lasers and a sportscaster named Bob Costas. You know, you wrote it. <laughs> now, I don't know dick about sports, but as a fan of Star Trek and various other science fiction masterpieces, I like on some laser times. <laughs> Since I have not seen an actual laser in my life, the following is an interpretation of what a laser could sound like. (laughs) 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 Prove to me that that's not what they sound like. Okay. (laughs) Upon a very loose and lazy Google search of Bob Costas, I found out that I guess he had an interesting voice or something. And that would have been real cool if I could have done an impression. Yeah, that would have been rad. Anyway, non-sporting individual over here. Non-sporting. Here are some words that I think are funny to fill the remainder of my time. <laughs> Smargle Warbler. Doodly Spindlethorpe. Farp Darp Vindible Schmarp. <laughs> I yield the remainder of my time. Very good, Christy Farley. <laughs> Very good. Jesse Jones. Yep. On this date, 1997, Tara Lipinski, aged 14 years and nine months, becomes the youngest women's world figure skating champion. Also on this very date, 1943. <laughs> God damn it. 
The Dutch work week is extended to 54 hours. Uh-huh. Uh, How did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, it just so happened that today, completely unbeknownst that it might somehow be relevant, I took a little visit to one of my many Dutch ice skating sweatshops <laughs> to check in on the progress of my little Dutch children. That my teams are training not only as skaters, obviously, but also costume designers, choreographers, and trainers who will in turn one day train future Dutch children as they were themselves trained, thus providing me with an inexhaustible supply of powerhouse Dutch ice skating champions and ensuring the (laughs) the maintenance of the next dominant force of Olympic figure skating for decades to come. And you may be asking given the relatively short career lifespan of Olympic li- ice skaters and the complete lack of professional ranks which they could eventually climb, severely limiting their earning potential, why then do I invest so much effort in creating world-class ice skaters? To which I can only respond that I obviously didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> that you're actually absolutely right. And this is a monstrous thing that I'm doing to these children. <laughs> What have I done? When was even the last time they won a figure skating medal, the Dutch? (laughs) And if it's been so long, does that just mean that I need to push them harder? Or should I let them stop and do whatever they're naturally good at, like curling or track and field? I, I mean, there must have been great Dutch sprinters over the years, haven't there been? Oh, wait, oh, no, wooden shoes. That doesn't make sense either. <laughs> Speed skating! Oh, the other skate thing! Oh, it's like ice running! Oh, that's the thing the Netherlands are known to be supremely dominant in. <laughs> Speed skating. Oh, I was so close! Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, is my face red? <laughs> Aren't I just the perfect ass? <clears throat> um. <laughs> well, um, if we could just <laughs> wrap this little show up as quickly as possible. I've got some ice sweatshops I've got to get to visit and get those kids working on turning those dancing skates into racing skates. <laughs> Good thing I was training some of those little Dutch kids as blacksmiths, too. You know, just in case. (laughs) Very good. That was. This was today once. Uh, That brings us to our fourth of five segments. Sorry, guys. We're on the back end of this show. (laughs) Uh, This next segment's called Vows to an Asshole. Congrats, everyone, on marriage and stuff. Uh, Now let us hear those vows to that awful asshole you've decided to marry. Court Hansen. Uh, you have you're marrying uh, an unexpectedly tart candy. <laughs> an unexpectedly tart candy. <clears throat> well, I'm not really sure what to say here since this marriage was arranged by our parents, <laughs> but I'll try my best. When my mother told me that I was going to have to marry a human-sized piece of candy, I've got to admit that I was skeptical. On the label, you looked very sweet much like a human spouse might have been. (laughs) But as our families kept putting us in the same room, I grew to understand what kind of candy person you are. And the more I got to know you, the more I realized that you're bitter, horrible, and sour. 
and that's what I love about you. <laughs> I've always been attracted to unconventional women, and you're as unconventional as it gets. You have a sunny, fruity exterior, while inside you're something that most people would never ever enjoy, except for weird masochists and teenagers playing pranks on their friends. <laughs> Yes, we've only enjoyed each other's company about once every year around Halloween, but I'm ready to take the next step and really fuck up my gums by having nothing but sour candy for the rest of my life. I love you, human-sized and human-shaped block of sour candy. Very good, Court. Very good. Josh, uh, you'll be marrying an overflowing toilet. <laughs> Dearest Kohler, <laughs> it seems like only yesterday that we met for the first time. It was really just by chance. If the other stalls were open, I could have easily gone into them, as yours had a door that wouldn't lock and a precariously low amount of toilet paper. But it was Cinco de Mayo, and I couldn't afford to be picky. Walking through that door was the best decision of my life. The second I entered, I was struck by the glistening floor that surrounded you. Was it water? Piss? Some other unknown mix of liquids? God, you were mysterious. I needed to have you. We consummated the relationship right then and there. A one-time thing, or so I thought. As I was walking away, I turned around to notice that you hadn't stopped flushing. I could see your water rise with no sign of stopping, and my heart skipped a beat. Was I the cause of this? <laughs> it didn't matter at this point, because flowing out of you came a glorious mix of human waste, toilet paper, vomit, hair, and a couple of condoms. Everyone else in the bathroom cleared out. They must have known that we wanted to be left alone. Your flow and my love are forever in sync, as I don't see either of them ending anytime soon. Kohler, you always told me that I would be embarrassed to tell people that I met my soulmate in a public bathroom, but I'll sing it from the mountaintops, because that's the only place I could have met someone as special as you. My parents didn't approve at first, they said, be a normal boy and marry a regular toilet. <laughs> we, know, we know a plumber that can fix that overflowing problem, but there's nothing to fix. You're perfect just the way you are. And besides, I've had enough of regular toilets. My cup runneth over with love for you, just, <laughs> just as your bowl continues to runneth over with, with tampons, cigarette butts, gum, and the occasional goldfish. My, my parents were also not originally comfortable that you weren't an American standard, but they, they saw how happy you made me, and ultimately that's all that mattered to them. I'm finally taking the plunge. Ha, 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 ha. That one was for you, Dad. There's, there's an old quote from the Torah that, 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 that loosely translates to shit or get off the pot. Kohler, I look forward to doing a lifetime of shitting with you. And as for getting off the pot, well, the continuous stream of things that come out of you... Wait, was that a diaper? <laughs> oh, well, that'll ensure that I do plenty of getting off the pot as well. What more could a fellow want? <laughs> Very good. Josh Kincaid. Christy Farley, uh, you are marrying a person uh, that doesn't clean up their own dog's poop. That's who you're marrying, that asshole. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I said I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> okay, I'm just collecting myself. It's hard to believe 
what a journey it's been. When I saw you take your small dog onto my lawn, then mimic reaching for a bag after it shit, and then kind of leaned over, giving everyone the impression that you were going to pick it up, and then not pick it up, I knew I had found the one. (sighs) All the work you put into faking it so that people wouldn't judge you when you could have just picked up your dog's shit. You're so special. I can remember the day you walked ahead of me in the park and you had a Labrador and you let him grunt out a fat one next to the park bench. But then you got on your phone and you pretended that you didn't see it. We could all smell it. You're so cute. Every time I come outside to water my geraniums, I step in a big steamy pile of your love for me. Every time I see a pile of dog droppings that has been sitting for so long that it turned into a weird pile of white fur. (laughs) I think of you. I promise myself to you forever. I also promise to, like, you know, bring bags because, you know, everyone should. It's like we live in a society. (laughs) We have, like, big indecency and, like, a social contract. Okay, thank you. I love you. Very good, Christy Farley. Jesse Jones, the asshole you'll be marrying, Mm -hmm. uh, is a City of Sacramento employee. Yeah. Is there any backstory? Should I give no, this is <laughs> what? The reason I gave you. All of this is fictional. Okay. <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything that I went through on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someday we'll have beer, guys. <laughs> <sighs> Tuesday didn't help, though. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, everybody, that I'm late. Uh, today's been, well... If you've ever had to deal with my beloved, you know how today's been. <laughs> it all started off well enough, high intention, full of joy and potential. I got to the city chapel bright and early, ready to make myself the most infuriated man on earth. <laughs> anyway, when I got here, I checked in at the reception desk and was given the number P325. <laughs> I tried hard for a long time to make some sort of connection to our anniversary or any other meaningful number in our lives. But just like your moods and their sudden swings, it was completely random. I glanced up at the monitor in the room, which shouted the next number in between the otherwise muted ESPN2 programming. (laughs) (laughs) To see that the latest P being held was 321, so surely it wouldn't be long at all before I got to stand before my very plain, tired, ornery-looking (laughs) fiancé. And profess to the world my love. Of course, I hadn't counted on all the E numbers or the A numbers (laughs) or even the X's and C's. I also couldn't help but notice how, given the choices of numbers, how having C's, E's, and P's only seemed to add the potential for the unnecessary confusion of misheard numbers. (laughs) But you know how my frowning, dead-eyed bride just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> loves to have our little fun at the expense of others. 
Oh, and speaking of just that, um, when I was finally called, I arrived at window 10. 10. The same number of toes you have? I assume you've never let me see you naked in the light, and I've never fought that choice very hard. At window 10, I was greeted by that face. The kind of face that just seemed to be constructed entirely out of regret for the choices it made over the course of a lifetime. A face that, without even fully listening to me, told me that I was in the wrong chapel and sent me to the county chapel several miles away. I was confused. (laughs) I knew I was there for a city matrimony, but I assumed my beloved knew best. And so I rushed out the door after exchanging a few pleasantries with a receptionist about whether or not she knew anything about the job she was doing. (laughs) And why it took me an hour of waiting to be told I was in the wrong place. (laughs) Anywho, upon arriving at the county chapel, I was quickly informed that no, I was in the right place the first time. (laughs) And I was furious. Furious with love for you. And only you, city employee. (laughs) You know just the right buttons to press to ruin even the best day of a person's life. (laughs) And so I rushed back again as fast as I could, only to be told that the minister we needed to see had left two minutes before I got there, which was, of course, actually two hours after I'd gotten there in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) And that is all why I'm being wed to my wonderful bride here in the parking lot of the city chapel as quickly as we can because yeah i know listen we are we obviously do not have the proper permit to be married in this parking lot i know that (laughs) that's why i'm just trying to wrap this up as quickly as we can all while begging the caterer to stop loading everything back into his van and fight the urge to kill absolutely everyone here god i love you so much (laughs) very good that was vows to an asshole it was fun brings us to our final segment it's been fun (laughs) all right uh, it's called write an erotic poem about it Uh, please have composed an erotic poem in regard to the following topics court Uh, let's hear your erotic poem about chicken breeds (laughs) chicken breeds yeah I think birds are sexy (laughs) I think it rules that they have beaks instead of human lips I think it rules to take out wings and hu- instead of human fingers. Speaking of wings and fingers, you want to know what the hottest bird of all is? The condor? The hummingbird? The fucking albatross? Nah, baby. It's the Jersey Giant breed of chicken. Fresh out of Burlington County, New Jersey in the late 19th century. These hunky bunches of feathers were produced with the intent of replacing the turkey. <laughs> These babies are perfection, let me tell you. The Jersey Giant was added to the standard of perfection of the American Poultry Association in 1920-fucking-2. But these birds take it slow, not fast. Though their size is considerable, they grow much more slowly than the more common meat birds. Which means we can spend all night getting acquainted. (laughs) Very good, Court. Josh, an erotic poem about cubicles. Oh, cubicle. Your four enticingly symmetrical walls beckon me. 
No doors, no windows, only one way to enter you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do. Oh, the treasures and pleasures found inside. Your office chair is indents that match my shape. Seeing it brings back memories of the times we've been entwined. (laughs) I sink into the chair. It fits me like a glove. Oh, how I take in the objects on your walls. The musk of the yellowing Farside comic from 1993. (laughs) The pictures of family and friends gazing upon us. Knowing that we're being watched as we frolic only makes my desire for you stronger. (laughs) Oh, how I long to run my finger along the fine layer of dust on that spot behind your monitor. (laughs) You can be so dirty sometimes, but I like that about you. Your floor littered with Doritos crumbs where the cleaning crew couldn't reach. (laughs) Physical mementos of the time I couldn't bear to leave you, even for a lunch break. Oh, the hypnotizing glow of your ample double monitors. Your luminous fluorescent sticky notes, each begging for my attention. The low hum of your printer, eager to make another copy for me. Your motivational cat poster tells me to hang in there, but I can't hold it any longer. Oh, cursed five o'clock, that dreaded time of day. Our eight hours together felt like eight minutes. My stomach turns at the thought of the day that we must part. I know you've had others before me, and there will be others after I'm gone. But the thickening waistline and chronic back pain you've given me means that a part of you will stay with me forever. Very good, Josh. That was great. Laughed a lot. Christy, uh, let's hear, uh, nope, yep, we're in that segment, okay. (laughs) An erotic poem about alimony payments. Every time I bust out my pen to sign those checks I have to send, I feel the heat, I start to sweat. You make me hot, bothered, and wet. (laughs) We fell in love, committed forever which we now know was a stupid endeavor. I can feel my hand quake as I designate a portion of my income to this mistake. (laughs) It gets me hard to put it on my card. The lust I've sent when I pay your rent. (laughs) I wonder what you're doing. Probably some other person. (laughs) The thought of you has me cursing the heavens because it's so much worse when (laughs) I don't get to slip you that hot, sweet money. (laughs) Since you... (laughs) Did you just body roll? (laughs) I did, I totally Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Beat Nick. Okay, here we go. Since you told me to hit the skids, <laughs> I send you cash to raise our kids. But you make my pusshole blow its lid. <laughs> the thought of you has me alimoning for my money back. <laughs> Ugh. I wrote. 
Very good. Christy Farley. <laughs> Hitting close to home for old John Boy Ross over here. Alimony. Okay, uh, Jesse Jones, this is yeah. the final segment of the it evening. Is. Make it good. Uh, we'll see. Make no it promises. Better. All right. Uh, let's hear your erotic poem in regards to mowing the lawn. I roll over you with purpose, carving my tracks in your lush overgrowth, <laughs> so even and smooth, I would never see you shorn clean. No, I like you nicely trimmed, something to lazily run my fingers through when I'm with you. <laughs> Your scent fills my nose. Immediately recognizable, that unmistakable smell. Reminding me of the sweaty summer mornings of my youth spent with you. Feeling your touch lingering on my skin all day. Some have asked me why I don't ride when I do you. <laughs> it's simple. I like to feel the power of pushing from behind. <laughs> the final pass, so satisfying, the exact width of my own roaring, spitting girth, I push through. And as the noise dies down, my hands still shaking, I look forward to taking you again when you're ready in just a week or two. <laughs> All right, that is Stab. That's the end of Stab. Uh, one more time for everyone you see tonight. Court Hansen. Josh Kincaid. Christy Farley. Jesse Jones. Yeah, if you'd like to hear uh, more Stabs, go to one of our many online outlets, the primary of which being iTunes, or you can go to our website, Stab for Gold, Stab, the number four gold.com. Uh, I've been your host, John Morris Ross. Good night. Huh.